Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business education, and technology. Well, welcome, everyone, to BDPI Radio. Tonight is Tuesday, July the 30th. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and iRadio broadcasts on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. We welcome you to our show, and we have two very exciting guests tonight. Our first guest is Stephanie Lampkin, and she is Chief Executive Officer of Hovenware, and our second guest is Dr. Craig Brown, National Vice President of National BDPA. So I am going to jump right in. Um, Stephanie is no stranger to those of you who are familiar with BDPA and the great work that it does. Um, So Stephanie, I'd like to welcome you to the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And I love how we uh, talked about a little bit before the show that you're actually using your computer to connect with us tonight. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. You know, I know that you're a a tech woman. Um, On your side, participating in Blog Talk Radio, what technology are you using? Um, I'm actually using Google Voice. Um, They have a really good system where for Sprint customers, you can port your existing phone number into their Google system, and basically you can dial any phone in the U.S. for free. Um, and then similar to Skype, you can pay a small fee to make calls outside of the U.S. using voiceover IP. Wow. So that um, you use that on a personal basis as well as a business basis? Uh, I do, um, primarily because I live on Martha's Vineyard Island, and the phone signals here are really bad. <laughs> So you're calling us from outside the U.S. right now? No, Martha's Vineyard is an island off the coast of Massachusetts. Okay, okay. But this could work on any island, Jamaica, <laughs> Barbados, et cetera. Okay, Absolutely. so you're in the U.S., in Martha's Vineyard, which in fact happens to be the location of your business. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, just by coincidence. Well, again, welcome to the show. Let me share with the listeners a little bit about your background. Stephanie Lampkin is another example of the BDPA mantra, from the classroom to the boardroom. She's gone from representing Washington, D.C. in the 1999-2001 through 2001 National High School Computer Competition Championship to an undergraduate degree 
at Stanford University, to her career at Microsoft, and to her current educational aspiration of gaining a master's degree from MIT. Now, during the time that she served as the high school computer competition coordinator, um, she was actually with the BDPA Charlotte chapter. And now she's changed and turned her passion for travel into a startup business. She started a travel tech company, uh, which serves people who want to take trips all year round. Now, BDPA iRadio Show listeners, how many black female founders and CEOs of tech startups do you know? Well, if you don't know Stephanie, you're about to get to get to know her a little bit better. So, Stephanie, take us back. I said in your bio that you had this BDPA connection. How did you first find out about BDPA? Um, I actually first found out about BDPA through my auntie. She was a longtime member of the BDPA Hartford chapter. Um, at the time, I was in middle school, so I was too young to participate in the high school computer competition. Um, but she still got me involved in computers and programming, um, and it was it was pretty much love at first sight for me. I've always had um, an interest in computers, so when I did become of age to participate, I was very eager to do so, and I joined the closest local chapter to where I lived, which was the Washington, D.C. chapter. Oh, okay. So you got involved in the D.C. chapter. You were still in high school. Um, What Mm -hmm. was it like being part of the chapter, and what did involvement mean to you at that point in time? Um, It was a really great experience. I found it actually to be quite inspiring, uh, especially going to the conferences where I was given exposure to a lot of different kinds of people that um, I otherwise would not have exposure to. So seeing people who were business owners of tech companies, seeing people who were executives at major Fortune 500 companies, um, that probably had the biggest impact on me. Um, And then, of course, being given the opportunity to learn programming at such a very young age, which at the time kind of took for granted, but as I did um, enter uh, the professional space, I realized how significant it was for me to gain a lot of those skills early on. Mm. Okay. So you had the high school computer competition. You continued your education. Um, at Stanford University, what did you major in, and was there a connection with technology? Yes. Um, so I actually went to Stanford uh, planning to be a CS major, but found out that I wanted more of an interdisciplinary engineering degree. So I majored in management science and engineering, uh, which is basically a derivation of industrial engineering uh, with more business and sociology and organizational theory kind of thrown in. Uh, So that was a really good experience. Um, And actually my classmate, uh, Kevin Systrom, is also a management science and engineering major, and he founded Instagram which, as I'm sure many people know, was sold to Facebook for $1 billion. Wow. So, Stephanie, we're we're expecting you to follow in that tradition as quickly as possible. (laughs) That's the plan. (laughs) That's the plan. Well, you know, based on your degree, you've got the business tossed in, the organizational um, management. Um, Tell us about 
you know, kind of how the BDPA experience supported your personal, educational, and professional development. What what did it mean throughout the years for you? Um, For me, it meant uh, a lot just having exposure, as I mentioned before, to role models that I didn't see on TV and within my own family. Um, So that gave me an idea of what I could aspire to, and it was very real. These are people who um, actually have ended up being in my life since then. My my current mentor is someone who I met through BDPA at 13, um, and he's been very active in my life. So um, I can't stress enough the importance of black professionals to uh, to get involved with, with kids' programs like BDPA, even if you don't have kids, um, because just your presence can, can make a significant impact. Um, but in addition to, to a lot of the technology things that we learned through BDPA, we, we actually did a lot of business etiquette. Um, so the HSCC coordinators in the D.C. chapter took time out to teach us some of the fundamentals of etiquette in the business world, um, building your resume, um, interacting with superiors, et cetera. So uh, learning those things at 13, 14, 15 years old, I really felt like I got a head start and was very well prepared to start getting internships with companies um, the summer of my freshman year. I started working for Northrop Grumman in an an IT internship role, um, and I felt very confident and very well prepared from my BDPA experience. That is wonderful. I mean, it's so important for members to understand the impact. And part of what I hear you saying is just the presence, just, you know, being there um, literally in line of sight for younger students and also having the opportunity to share the knowledge um, is so important. What about the career at Microsoft? How did you make the transition from college to the working world? Um, It was actually a really great transition because Microsoft had recently piloted a program called the Microsoft Academy for College Hires. Um, They basically wanted to start the preparation for uh, management very early on in their new hire career. So they created this whole two-year program for us that was centered around um, learning different aspects of the company and also understanding what we needed to do in our career development to grow um, within Microsoft. So they made the transition very, very uh, easy for us. And overall, the company was um, was, was great. I mean, I, I kind of felt spoiled a little bit, uh, especially living in Charlotte, uh, because when you're in the field, as they say, as opposed to right there in Seattle, you don't you don't seem to have as much of the same pressure, even though um, we, we do, in services, we make a lot of impact in the company's bottom line. Uh, but overall, it was it was a very easy transition. My undergraduate major prepared me very well for a lot of the, the, uh, the roles that I had to take on at Microsoft. Excellent. Now, many people would say, gosh, I'm working for Microsoft, you know, premier technology company. This is it. I'm I'm not looking any further. I have the opportunity to volunteer, um, and you were volunteering as a high school computer competition coordinator for the BDPA Charlotte chapter. Um, 
why did you look outside of corporate America um, and decide to create something for yourself? Well, I, I actually read something somewhere that said the common thread between some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the U.S. are um, an engineering or technical background and an entrepreneurial parent. And as it just so happens, uh, my parents, and actually most of the women in my family, um, own their own business, have owned their own business at some point. So I think the entrepreneurship gene uh, has been within me from from day one. So I, I always knew I wanted to start a company, but I wanted to make sure that I had enough experience and enough exposure and enough uh, a lengthy enough network to be able to to be successful. So it was for me it was just a matter of time and everything leading up to this point was just a stepping stone. Hmm. Now the stepping stone is an interesting visual metaphor because your current business focuses on helping people move, helping people literally travel um and be able to take trips all along. How did you come up with that concept, and how are you taking that idea and translating it into a business? Well, I it's actually through organizations like BDPA. I'm also part of an organization called the National Brotherhood of Skiers. Um, basically, these organizations that I've been a part of as a kid um, have given me opportunities to travel in groups, whether it be for conferences or special events, et cetera. Um, in addition to my annual family reunions and traveling with friends. Um, so all of my life, as long as I can remember, I've been traveling uh, with people. And so it dawned on me um, probably around my second year at Microsoft that there was a need for a, a platform um, to enable people to travel together easier um, because typically it can become a logistical nightmare for one person who has to bear the the burden of of coordinating everything for everybody. So it kind of evolved really from my own personal experiences as a kid and and into adulthood. And I think my technical background has given me uh, the foundation I need to actually take the idea to actual execution into a viable business. Okay, so I'm I'm hearing a passion. Um, I'm hearing the experience, the exposure, the engineering background, the entrepreneurial parent, and I'm hearing the execution. You made it happen. Um, What lessons learned in that translation from an idea to a business? What are some key lessons that you've learned already um, as you run your business from Martha's Vineyard? Uh, one of the key lessons that I've learned, because this, this this business has actually been a work in progress for over five years, and I've had a few missteps along the way, um, but I'd say one of the biggest lessons I learned is that you really can't do it alone. If Even if you do start off as a sole proprietor, you have to use as many resources within your own networks um, to to really get things off the ground. As much as we would like to take control of everything and just and just go at it. Um, you'll be most effective if you surround yourself with people and resources um, that match whatever whatever you need 
done within your company? So given that that's true, I'd like you to it's not a commercial. I don't want to give you license to do that. Um and and I I'd still like you to share a little bit about um your company specifically, the website, um and for listeners that are wondering kind of um you know, how to do it. What are some of the, the how-tos as it relates to your business? How how would they connect with you? Um, how would they find value in the service that you're providing now that they've had a chance to kind of get to know you? Sure. Um, so my landing page is currently up. It's uh, com. It's actually spelled H-O-O-W-E-N-W-A-R-E, but with the same phonetics as who, when, where. Um, And basically the idea is that whenever we take trips with friends or family, um, whether it's something very structured and organized like um, a family reunion or if it's something more professional-related like a BDPA conference, uh, typically someone is responsible for coordinating the hotels, getting everybody's flight itinerary information, getting payments on time and any deposits that may be necessary. Um, And presently, there isn't any tool um, online that really centralizes and digitizes that, that entire process. So for someone who is typically in the position of planning trips, this sort of tool would be most valuable to them because it provides a platform where you can start the planning process and get buy-in and payments from everyone a part of your your travel party. Um, and for those people who have ever participated in any sort of group travel, um, and group can mean three or more people, by the way, three to 300, it's, it's very open. Um, this basically provides a lot more transparency into uh, the details, knowing where you need to be, why, um, allowing for seamless payments, um, and any other logistics that need to be ironed out for your trip. Um, and ultimately, that's the value that I provide to the consumer. There is a B2B side of it as well, which will come later on, um, probably in a year or so, where I'll be able to have uh, partnerships with hotel chains and charter companies and event planning companies so that there can be a direct booking relationship between groups and those companies uh, in preparation for travel. Mm. So let's say, just kind of linking together the BDPA pieces, since the conference is coming up in August, and it is in Washington, D.C., if there was a group of three that wanted to plan a trip to the conference, um, how would they use who and where um, to do that? Well, I'm actually still in the first phase of building my beta product, so it, it probably won't be ready by this year's conference. Um, but if we were mm-hmm. to say next year, um, simply all they would have to do is log on to um, bdpa.whoandwhere.com, create a a group page, group trip page within uh, BDPA's who and where page um, to be able to coordinate the room booking, 
um, to be able to upload all of their flight information. Um, so anyone who's ever used TripIt, they have this they have this feature where if you forward your flight confirmation to them, they parse through the data and consolidate it for everyone in your group to be able to have access to your information. Um, so similar technology will be used by this site. Um, and so anyone, like you said, in that party of three will now be able to know who's getting in at what time. If their flight's delayed, they'll get a notification. Um, they'll also, everyone will also have information about check-in time, check-out time, locations, everywhere they need to be throughout the day. It's fully comprehensive for group travel. Mm, that sounds very, very exciting. So when do you think that you'll be able to kind of uh, move out of the beta stage into that kind of process where organizations like BDPA could set up their own web page and um, start to use it for, you know, the executive team or regional team or um, even a high school computer competition team. So I expect my private beta to be released on September 1st, so just just about a month away. Um, and then we'll do some testing probably for about a month or so. So I expect around October to be the time frame when um, I'll go from private beta to a more public beta where organizations like BDPA can, can give it a test run. That is very, very exciting. I can already think of a number of organizations that I'm involved in um, that would find value in this and that uh, I would be somewhat of a heroine to introduce a solution that would eliminate a lot of headaches. So very, very exciting that you've taken the initiative, taken your experience, and really translated it into something that um, people can use and that you can be proud of. So as we wrap up, Stephanie, what are some final thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience? Because you are, um, again, a, a role model and an example of from the classroom to the boardroom. Um, you've just chosen to create your own boardroom, which is really, really very powerful. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would say uh, my final thoughts would be um, for, for everyone to really encourage our next generation to pursue entrepreneurship and innovation. I think our culture up until this point has really encouraged um, higher education in corporate America, which I think is, is absolutely great. Um, but if you look at the most successful tech entrepreneurs in our country, many of them are high school or college dropouts. And they're able to do that because they don't have the same risk aversion that we have in our community when it comes to really being innovative and really taking that risk of starting something that has never been done before. So I would I would just uh, hope that I could be an example um, for others and, and really put the message out there that there is more to being successful um, than going to great schools and working for great companies, even though that is the path that I took. Um, Ultimately, I think we, we really should should get our youth uh, more into innovating and creating technologies that the world has never seen before because right now the people that are doing that do not look like us at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And Stephanie, those are wonderful watchwords and um, for us to think about and take action on. I really look forward to seeing you at the conference. I'm very excited that you will um, be moving into the private beta and the public uh, beta of your software related to who and where. And I must confess, uh, initially when I saw the spelling of the site, I really got stuck on the like how and where, um, but now I get it, the who and where. Um, and I do see those little like owl-like telescope uh, binocular uh, the visuals. So just again for the audience, it's H-O-O-W-E-N-W-A-R-E. Dot com and I know that Wayne Hicks has been um, I, you you released a video and then posted it on the BDPA blog and Wayne as well as other BDPA members are you know helping you um, get the word out and it's just wonderful I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and I look forward to bringing you back on the show um, when you're out of data. And um, our next guest is Dr. Craig Brown, and so I, it, it's good for him to hear what you're doing and how you're doing it, because I'm sure that the BDPA leadership would be interested in following your success as well. So thank you so much for being on the show this evening. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. And have a great evening. Feel free to stay um, connected to your PC and listening as we continue the BDPA iRadio show with our next guest, Dr. Craig Brown. Dr. Dr. Brown, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Good. I'm doing very well. I hope you're doing well as well. I am. I am. It is a um, pleasant evening here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A few weeks ago it was very, very uncomfortable, and this evening it's really very pleasant. So, uh, you know, it's, it's surprising what the summer brings. And it's, <laughs> well, it's good to be the here. Heat you ex- the heat you experienced in Philadelphia for that short period of time, I experienced here in Houston on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I. Uh... <laughs> It was a little <laughs> bit too hot, even too hot to barbecue. So, you know, that's, that's dangerous when it's too hot to barbecue. <laughs> so I, I love that I hear um, laughter and energy from you. Um, you know, Dr. Craig Brown, you're, you're currently serving as the National BDPA Vice President, and that is a very serious role with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of goals. And I know that you're aspiring to rise to the highest elected position in national BDPA um, in being a candidate to become the 2014-2015 national BDPA president. So one of my first questions to you is, given your experience in a leadership role, what gives you the energy to say, I want more of this, um, in terms of serving BDPA? That's a very good question. Um, as, as I served as vice president over the last year and a half, 
um, I, I learned quite a bit about not only BDPA um, and what it takes to, to lead an organization such as this, but also some things about myself and the, the level of dedication and motivation one needs to have in order to endure uh, an organization's um, adjustments to the, to the current times, an organization's adjustments to new leadership as we, you know, bring in and, and exchange and transition in leadership every two years. Um, I was a part of that transition a year and a half ago. So what happens is I got started on some things, and um, I don't think my job is done. So the next order of things for me was to continue my work or continue the work, you know, of the leadership um, as, as a whole and then continue the ideas and, and uh, the concepts that I would like to put forth and, and bring BPA into um, you know, a new age of, of, of thought leadership, um, technological advantage, advantages and innovations, um, and membership. Okay. So some of our listeners um, are aware that you're in the leadership role, and they may not have a full understanding of what it is that you started. So if you could take us back, what are some of the contributions that you've made as part of a leadership team that might impact a BDPA member or that might impact a BDPA um, leader um, or may impact a parent because their child is part of a high school computer competition? Sure. So one of the contributions that I made to the organization, and keep in mind that when I say I made, it wasn't necessarily me by myself, but me a part of a, a team of, of, of other leader, leadership um, uh, members that are part of BDPA. I was able to, at the direction of our current president, um, create a document called the Chapter Leadership, the Chapter Management Guide. And this document is a full what um, one is a working document, but two, it is a full scope of what it, what I believe it took and takes to run, start, revive, um, and and properly manage a, a local chapter. And it also describes the relationship between the local chapter communities and the national organizations, so that we can begin to to mend and, and create some cohesive um, measures so that we have a working engine and, and all cylinders are moving at the national level and at the local level, regardless of your geographical makeup, your chapter size, and your, your chapter's focus points, which may be, H, may be the high school computer competition, it may be professional development um, of IT professionals or combinations. So that, creating that document was, is certainly um, something I'm very proud of, um, and I consider it uh, a major contribution to the organization. If used properly, it could impact um, one's ability to to uh, increase the effectiveness of their chapter um, and increase the effectiveness of national within that chapter's organization. Um, another contribution that I speak highly of is the programs that I've brought to the uh, our. Uh, leadership meetings that discuss some technological advances that I believe the organization should take. Um, I've presented to our national board uh, on quite a few occasions a number of different uh, mobile application um, 
advantages, I believe, that our organization should take advantage of and bring technology back to the forefront of this organization. Being that we're an IT-focused organization, we were starting, I believe, to lose sight of the technology itself. So I want to reintroduce technology into the organization and allow that technology to um, help propel us forward into an age where we want um, corporations, students, IT professionals, and even people who work around IT who aren't necessarily specifically in the IT field to um, learn from us as technological leaders and also um, look at what we do and the technology that we use and the technologies that we recommend. So those are a few examples of some contributions that I believe, um, you know, have made, have made or will make a difference in the organization moving forward. That's that's very helpful. Now, I'm I'm interested in what are some examples of the technology that we might be using um, and or recommending as, you know, technology thought leaders uh, as, as an organization? What we're currently using or what I recommend we move forward with? What, what, you, what you recommend. Because, you know, one of the okay. nice things about PDPAI radio is, you know, twice a month we can, in talking with individuals like yourself, find out, um, you know, trends and, and we can find out technology to, to track and follow. So I'd, I'd love to give our listeners some insight into some recommendations. Sure. So let's look at, um, you know, where things are here in 2013. You know, there is a, 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 a big push in the te technological trends to, to, to merge physical and digital worlds. And while they're fusing, and I'll give you an example, um, traffic cameras and uh, traffic real-time cameras and um, that, that, you know, that influence driving routes and that influence traffic patterns and, the let's say the um, I'm a marathon runner, so the, the technology and the bibs that as I run the marathon course, the the course managers can see exactly where I am on the course, my pace, my distance, how far I am from the finish line, and so forth and so on, and give me analytical information about my run specifically as an individual runner. Those those are two examples of technologies that are merging into our everyday life. Technology used to be a a business tool. And now it's, mm -hmm. it is it is more of a personal um, it is it can be used as, as a personal enhancement to get us through our day. And what I would like to see BDPA do, because the, the levels of technology are, are are both on our extreme ends, personal level and in the corporation level, is incorporate these kinds of ideas and technological trends into our our, our thought leadership and our day to day um, introduction of technology to our students. Um, so that as our students get more and more familiar with programming languages and applications, they can see that what the what the impact of those applications can ultimately end up being in their everyday life. Hmm. And and might that result in things like curriculum changes in the competition program and different ways of delivering um, programs within a chapter? That is correct. You mentioned uh, actually a couple of good points, and I'll just add a little bit to that list. Um, you, you know, 
when it really comes down to you know, what what areas of the organization do I think these these technological trends can be introduced? Um, certainly, the technology and HCC HSCC program, our membership program directly, technology and how we can utilize it to enhance our actual local chapters um, uh, day-to-day operation, um, technology and our professional development programs and curriculums, technology and our national conference, and technology and our chapter of the year competition, for example. So using the national conference as an example, I would like to see our national conference introduce a technology where when you register, you, will, you can actually track your, your agenda. So and get, receive reminders when your agenda is a few minutes from starting, tell you where the room location is, and ultimately maybe lead you to that um, location where the technology may have a built-in map of the hotel and bring you to right to the doorstep of, of your presentation or whatever event you've, you've signed up for. I'll remind you when, when there's a break, tell you about other opportunities that you may be able to take advantage of while you're there, and allow you to make changes and shifts in that agenda and, and your schedule so that you can take full advantage of everything that we offer at the National Conference. That's the kind of thing that I've seen high-tech companies do, and I don't see any reason why BDPA couldn't also be in a realm of technology that offers very similar types of advantages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are there opportunities then to request those technology developments to come from members Absolutely. to create the apps like or that kind of thing? Absolutely. I would like the students to be involved in creating these, app- these applications and these technologies. I would like the professional, uh, professional IT um, development curriculum to include ways to contribute to those technologies because at the end of the day, we, we're, we're trying to bring our members to a to a lead position in technology, so that the students will take over as leaders, as you know, from, from our current leadership, and our professional um, IT IT professionals can take over leaderships in their corporations and their in their places of employment. That believe I believe that's what our mission statement is all about. And just listening to the young lady who spoke before me about her tech company, that's a perfect example of the kinds of um, Contributions I want all of our students to come to the table and 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 talk about when they when they come out of college and when they come out of their first initial um, you know roles within within corporations, getting their entry level uh, development out of the way, and then bringing themselves to starting their own businesses and or leading the corporations that you know they are they're employed at. So is that part of? the vision in terms of the organizational upgrade? Yes. So I'm using the term organizational upgrade to talk about the change, not necessarily from a from a change because of a problem or change because of a because of a a, a an issue from the past, but a change moving forward that allows us to enhance or upgrade our capabilities and create a trend within ourselves, within our own organization, both at the local chapter level and at the national level, to continuously upgrade, just like technology. Technology comes out with release one, and it never ends or stops at release one. It always ends up at some, some number of releases that are, 
that come out down the road. That's the kind of thoughts that I believe our organization should adopt and continuously upgrade and change and enhance our, our programs, our offerings, and keep our value proposition at an all-time high. And what, um, I, as I was reading your bio uh, silently, I may not have read it out loud, I did see the phrase value proposition, um, the DDPA yep. value proposition. As a candidate for the national DDPA president position, what, what is that DDPA value proposition? Well, value proposition is measured in lots of different places. It's not necessarily a single, a single item that can be, that can be um, weighed. Well, you want the value proposition to be and why, our mem- why become a member of BDPA? What's in it for you? What do you get out of it in exchange for the membership fee? Um, the, the curriculums and the things that I've just mentioned in terms of, you know, what a, what a professional um, member might get out of it would be a contribution towards that value proposition. The, the students' um, upgrades in the curriculums afforded to the students and the technologies that I would like to have them start to introduce themselves to and learn about and grow within and develop with um, would be also a part of the value proposition. Um, we have a number of corporate sponsors that um, contribute um, in-kind contributions, financial contributions. Um, they contribute resources. And the value proposition I would like to provide for them in exchange are well-qualified, uh, well-developed professionals that they could source through our systems to um, introduce employment opportunities to. What, what I would like to see happen from a value proposition is that it's in all areas and, and all directions at the local chapter level. What does a local chapter have in their local community to offer to the local businesses and local corporations at that, at, at, in those areas? Um, what do they need? What, do they, what don't they have? What resources would it take to, to make that local chapter a force in their community? And then showcasing the, the success stories that those local chapters have when it comes to the children that they've mentored or the, the impact they've had on people's lives. This is a very personal thing. BDPA impacts people. At the end of the day, these are people we're talking about. And whether it's in the form of a corporation or whether it's in the form of a sponsorship or whether it's in the form of a student program, these are people. And from the classroom to the boardroom is it, exactly that. Very, very exciting. Now, you have, in your professional development, pursued a number of degrees, including a PhD, and you have as much emphasis on leadership as you do technology. I'm wondering if you could just spend a few moments, like Stephanie in her earlier interview talked about, part of what is so powerful in entrepreneurs that are effective is that they move away from the solo entrepreneurship model to creating a team. And um, BDPA uses a leadership model that leverages the team. So I'm wondering if you could talk about what does leadership mean um, to you and, again, translate that into the stakeholders within the BDPA community, members, sponsors, parents, 
student participants? Sure. So leadership to me is leveraging one skill set to help create advantages in the organization's um, value proposition again and ultimately to proceed towards what the, where our mission, state, our mission statement drives us for. And with that skill set, you provide others to follow. You provide others motivation. You provide others um, with enticing excitement that um, allows them and affords them the opportunity to, to volunteer because they, they feel the drive, they feel the passion. You, um, leadership also allows the, the people that are impacted by the leadership a way to, to, to learn. So, you know, when you think military, leadership is about orders and direction. Uh, when you think corporation, leadership is about growth and development. Uh, and when you think about schools and, and curriculum, leadership is about uh, development and mentoring. All of those components of leadership, I believe, um, make up the BDPA leadership at the local local chapter level. It makes up the BDPA membership uh, leadership at the national level, and every place in between. It makes up. It, it also makes up our student leaders, both at the high school level and the college level, because our high school computer competition and our college students uh, are taught and are mentored to lead their teams. So. When we look at the, the leadership component within BDPA, uh, I want the focus is to be on mentoring, on developing, on, on um, providing uh, motiv motivation for people to, to continue to, you know, my, my passion, I would like to pass it down to, to someone else and have someone else pick up where I leave off and, and keep the organization going. And, and it must work because the organization is here, still here 38 years later. So it's got to be something that's always been a part of our organization because there's not, not very many corporations, for that matter, and, 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 and organizations that are in the nonprofit space make it 38 years. That's an accomplishment mm -hmm. in itself, considering, considering the time that the organization was developed and who it was developed for, African Americans. So I believe that we are beating the odds. With uh, with our leadership and the way that we do the way we do things, and I hope that I can continue to contribute, you know, my mindset into that into that model, um, and keep the organization going another two years and and pass that on, pass the torch on to someone else to continue it, and and you know, hopefully you and I will be sitting back, you know, 30 years from now, marveling at the organization that 60 plus years and growing. Wow, that is that is a wonderful vision, and I, I did want to ask you what was your vision and I, I think that's a I, I'd like you just to expand on that a little bit more. Imagine it is um January twenty fourteen and you're stepping into that national presidency. Um what would your vision for CDPA be? Well actually to sum up the entire conversation thus far makes up what I believe um, my vision and the right vision for BDPA moving forward is, and that is to create an organization where all student members, professional members, and chapter leadership have, an, have easy access to the technological resources and information needed in order to provide an infrastructure that supports the organization's mission statement. I keep coming back to the mission statement because that's 
why we do the things we do. And uh, last thing on that, um, I would like to bring the national and local uh, chapters um, to a continuous adjustment for the BDPA value proposition. Our value proposition is a moving target. It, it may be very much a part of the student program this year. It could be, it could shift into our, our development programs that we offer at the national conference and an ongoing basis online. It could shift towards new te technological uh, thought leadership that we might want to provide to our corporate sponsors as corporations who also use technology um, in, their, in their variety of business fields and, and competitions. Um, and, and, or, and or a combination of all those things moving forward. So um, I believe that, you know, from, from my vision, it is all encompassing of pretty much everything that we've discussed so far tonight. You know, Dr. Craig Brown, it is so inspiring, and I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts um, sort of breaking them down into uh, concepts that are easy to understand and then repackaging them um, in ways that, you know, motivate people to take another look at what BDPA gives them the opportunity to both give and receive. That whole concept of the BDPA value proposition is one that I've heard many, many guests address in their own way. And it's very exciting that you personally and professionally derive energy from BDPA such that you want to continue to be involved in the leadership, step up um, within the leadership ranks, and surround yourself with a team of people who are really committed to, as you say, the mission of BDPA. So I want to thank you again for the work that you have done, for the volunteer time that you have contributed, and to the leadership that you have provided on so many levels within BDPA. And I want to uh, just have you share with folks some of the tactical and practical things that they can do um, at the conference related to the whole election process. Uh, before we started, you were giving me some of those details. So I'm, I'm hoping that you'll just spend a, a minute or two um, sharing with people um, how this election process works. Okay, so let me just uh, thank you for cueing me and, and just uh, letting me know that I should share that. So first of all, everyone, I didn't make a big push to this show, and I still want to do that, that if you have not already registered, you should go to www.bdpa.org and make sure that you register for our national conference. The National Conference this year will be held in Washington, D.C., and right on the homepage of BPA.org, there is information about the honorary chairs, the speakers, the agenda at a glance, the career expo, 
the fact that there is a Scrum Master Certification course, that the Golf Classic is in full swing, and information about the award. If you're interested in volunteering, um, there's an opportunity to do so, and certainly information about the hotel. So the conference starts as early as Monday, August the 12th, with the National Board of Directors meeting. On Tuesday, August the 13th, there are a number of leadership meetings, chapter building workshops, and open to the public at 6.30 p.m. is the HBCU panel. It is becoming part of the BDPA National Conference tradition, and it is always very exciting. Often there are scholarship opportunities that are opened up to the public, and so it is a must-attend event. Then on Wednesday, August the 14th, the student opening ceremony and breakfast starts right at 8 a.m. sharp, and the general session is opening up at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, August 14th, with Sherry Littlejohn, EVP of Wells Fargo and Company. Throughout the day, there are a number of sessions. A keynote speaker is Roland Martin. A plenary lunch is sponsored by State Farm Insurance. And there are a number of professional seminars, afternoon break, and then at 7 p.m., the opening ceremony and reception sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, Texas, New Mexico, and Oklahoma. And one of the things that Pamela Sexton, um, our conference director, has really stressed is that this year's national conference has this wonderful blend of education, of technology, of networking, of professional development, um, of just wonderful sponsorship and opportunities to see people in action as well as fun. So on Wednesday evening from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., there's cards and karaoke. Then on Thursday, August the 15th, the high school computer competition, the oral component starts right at 8 a.m. There is a general session, and the speaker at 8.30 a.m. is Fumi Chima, a vice president at Walmart Corporation. The Scrum Master Certification uh, starts. And then there are a number of professional seminars, a plenary luncheon sponsored by WellPoint, and then the BETF, which is the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation annual meeting, is on Thursday afternoon. One of the things that um, Dr. Craig Brown and I were talking about is that the election process um, involves um, delegates having an opportunity to meet and greet all of the candidates on both um, Wednesday, August the 14th, and Thursday, August the 15th. And then the delegates will actually place their votes on Friday, August the 16th. And I believe, although I'm not certain, that the election results will be posted at the gala on Saturday. So lots of activity, lots of opportunities 
um, starting Monday, August the 12th, and going all the way through Saturday, August the 17th. So if you have not registered, please make sure that you do so. Um, we're looking forward to you being part of the National Conference. So I want to thank our guest this evening. This was a special show. Um, typically, we run the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, and um, this is actually a fifth Tuesday. Um, and our special guests were Stephanie Lampkin, Chief Executive Officer of Who and Where, that's H-O-O-W-E-N-W-A-R-E, and our very own Dr. Craig Brown, National Vice President of National BDPA. Thank you again for tuning in to BDPA iRadio. We are always looking forward to you listening, you tweeting, you posting, um, and you identifying guests that you'd like to hear from for our upcoming shows. This is Fran McNeil on behalf of the BDPA iRadio show team saying good night and have a great week. We look forward to seeing you at the National Conference. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. And the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Fun Mutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer. So register now at www.funmutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camps fun, no adults allowed. Fun Mutation Academy, LLC, making the world computer smarter. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.